Hello and uh, welcome to the Napoleonic Quarterly. My name is Bernie Campbell and uh, we are here today to have a chat with one of our esteemed panelists, Alexander McKiparitze, on uh, some books. I spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago with uh, Professor Esdale and uh, got his book recommendations on the Napoleonic period. And uh, today I'm here with Professor McKiparitze to get his recommendations on some books to read in the Napoleonic period. So it's uh, thank you so much for agreeing to sit down with us today, Alex, and uh, sit down with me. Thank you so much, Bernie, for uh, hosting me and uh, for, for doing this. This is uh, quite exciting. Yeah, so um, we'll get uh, right down to it and uh, we'll jump in. And I, I sent uh, Alex some questions uh, before we started today to just kind of give him a prep to get him started. So one of the first things I'm going to ask you is what's a book that really got you interested in the Napoleonic period, something that inspired you to uh, come to this period as a specialty? Mm -hmm. uh, that's right. I mean, we, we all have a, a, the book that really hooks us, right? And then and, and pushes us in, in a new direction. Uh, now, I was born and raised in Soviet Union. So uh, by that, you know, by that happenstance, my choice of a, uh, of, of a book was uh, quite different from Charles's and I'm sure yours. Uh, but I was about 10 years old um, when I, uh, I entered a bookstore and among the books on sale, this was about uh, 1988, was a newly, a new edition of a, of a classical uh, Soviet uh, study of Napoleon uh, by one of the giants of uh, Russian historiography, Albert Manfred. Uh, who um, who wrote a really really interesting st uh, biography of Napoleon, and it was a massive volume, uh, kind of one of those uh, door stoppers. And as a kid, I for some reason um, just picked it up and just started reading first few pages. And it is um, very well written book. In fact, I was in Georgia, kind of back home uh, this summer, and uh, I saw that that very book on on the bookshelf in 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 my uh, in my room. And I started kind of perusing it in, in hindsight. Now we, you know, 30 years or almost 38 actually years later, it still holds its ground. So it's, it's a very good book. And that book in, is, is both critical study of Napoleon, but it has enough of that Napoleonic legend in it that, um, that keeps you wanting more, more. And uh, that's how I got into the field. That's That's really interesting. And of course, that's probably not a book that's, you know, a lot of the listeners uh, are going to be as familiar with because it, it came from, you know, the the Soviet Union, as opposed to some of the more well-known works that came on this side of the Iron Curtain, as it were. That's right. And and the, this book is still actually is in, in print, and I've seen new editions coming out of it, even though, you know, there are newer work done by Russian historians. But in terms of accessibility, readability, the narrative prose that book is still is still is uh, um, I think among the best, certainly in Russian language. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, would you say that that's probably you know from your perspective, my, my sort of the next question on my list was the, you know the best book for an overall view of the time period? Would you say that that would fall into that category, or is there? Uh, among, yeah, so I, I think one of one of uh, one of the best ones that I've. I've come across and certainly in, in in for the starting out right in the introductory book to this era uh, that is a, a that is a good book, but of course uh, you know uh, I've became passionate about it. I've I've devoted my uh, years of trying to figure out if there is any any more 
books about Napoleon. And I know for your listeners, this would sound kind of incredible because as we all know, Napoleon is probably the most written about historical figure. But in, in my corner of the world, finding books in, in a language that uh, is accessible was very, very hard. Now I'm, I'm ethnically Georgian. I do speak Russian, um, you know, fluently. But uh, once the Soviet Union collapsed, and I, I found myself in the, in this newly independent Georgia amidst the war and, and crisis and devastation, laying your hands on the on 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 a book was very difficult, especially one in 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 Georgian. And so I struggled uh, struggled with it. And so I have these old dreams, kind of when I, I would find a small book. For example, there was a 1941 book that I found in uh, the only copy surviving after after libraries were all either ransacked or burned. I, I came across one copy, and that was 1941 translation, Georgian uh, translation of Napoleon's memoirs. And so I would I, I still have it. It's kind of half burned, half damaged book, and I, I cherished it. And I had dreams, Bernie, of of kind of writing all these books, pursuing the interest in 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 in, in, in publishing. And then uh, in 2000, I got an offer that I couldn't refuse to come and study Napoleon, um, study Napoleonic era uh, as, as a professional historian. And so I got on an airplane. I flew down to Florida, uh, to Tallahassee, Florida, which has one of the best centers for the study of French Revolution and Napoleon. It has an amazing collection of books and, and uh, manuscripts and prints and different artifacts. But anyways, I landed on August 15th. And uh, interesting date landed. And I remember the following morning, uh, I went to a local bookstore and it was back then it was Borders. Right now it's defunct, but it's a, just a regular border bookstore in a regular American city. And I go in there and there they have this section, of course, on, on military and then European history and all these books that I wanted and aspired to write. Bernie, they are all there. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like a tragedy. You know, they like my dreams coming crashing down because I realized that I have now to find that little thing uh, that will make it my own. But among the books on the shelf, and I am looking at the book, it's, it's right there, was, of course, David Chandler's Campaigns of Napoleon. And I think if you ask anyone who studied Napoleonic era in English, that probably is the book that we'll mention. It, it's it's incredible how much information it contains, how well written it is, how accessible and engaging it is. And yes, you know, now almost three decades later, looking at it, right, having studied this period in depth, I realized some of the problems with the book. I realized some of the inefficiencies of the book. But still, whenever I'm asked to name the best or one of the best books of all time i think chandler's campaigns of napoleon is 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 in the top three for me well that's excellent and 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 that is something that uh, you and charles have in common then because that was a book that he uh recommended as well i actually have uh two copies because <laughs> i keep one here at school um it's an ex-library copy that i picked up at a used book sale and then i have one at home that's a, a little bit of a nicer copy that i keep on the shelf at home so. i'm like you i think i have four or five copies of them uh every time i see them usually i see them in a, on a sale and it's knowing how valuable that book is and when you see them for uh at, at just a few dollars 
uh, I cannot pass by. So uh, I, I keep buying them. And then they are usually gifting them to students. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I had to start doing that myself last year because last year was the first year I taught uh, uh, advanced placement European history. And I gave away books to graduating seniors last year who had taken the AP Euro class. Uh, and they all came out of my collection because my wife has kind of laid the law down that there needs to be fewer <laughs> books coming in and more books going out. <laughs> Wait a second. Did you talk to my wife? Because I have the same <laughs> well, I have the same role. <laughs> I have I have I have four or five bookshelves here in my classroom to store the books that I can't take home with me. <laughs> So that's great. Uh, that's great. And, and yeah, I think um, just to to broaden our horizon um, and, and kind of look beyond the English language studies among the uh, among my favorite uh, books on, on, on the period, um, actually great works by Thierry Lenz, who is a very talented French historian, very prolific. Uh, who's published extensively on, on this period. And my favorite uh, work by him is uh, is a long three-volume study of the empire. Uh, and if you count a, a separate book that he did on the consulate, essentially have a four volumes covering Napoleon's entire rule. And it is really, really well done. It's thematically organized. It's covered in, in this, with this kind of critical uh, open eye and I really enjoyed reading. And unfortunately, it's not available in, in English, but it is one of my uh, favorite topic, oh, favorite books on the, on the topic. Well, it gives me more motivation to brush up on my French then. <laughs> That's right. Drilling down a little bit, what would you recommend as a, as your favorite book or a, something that stands out to you on a particular you know aspect or facet, some, some smaller topic of the Napoleonic period? Uh, Charles talked a little bit about you know, books on individual battles or, you know, something that's, uh, you know, specific to a particular uh, subject. Oh, there are so many, uh, especially, you know, since Napoleonic Wars benefits from increased uh, specialization and kind of the, the granular approach that we, we've seen over the past, I would say, 25 years. Uh, for example, I am big admirer uh, of, of uh, uh, Garrett Glover's work on on Waterloo, and I loved his uh, one of his latest books uh, is of course the Myth of Waterloo, and it is such a wonderful study of battle, uh, of the battle itself, and kind of dealing with the nuts and bolts of it. And and I don't think his uh, Waterloo archive will ever be topped. You know, this massive compendium of of primary sources. Um, equally. Uh, uh, a great admirer of uh, Rory Muir and and what he has done to highlight the British uh, involvement in the Napoleonic Wars from a masterful battle study like Salamanca to a brilliant biography of, of Wellington. I mean, this is anyone aspiring to write a biography of, of an individual active in Napoleonic period has to look at Rory's uh, uh, biography of, of, of Wellington. And of course, uh, Rory's book on the British battle tactics during the Napoleonic era is, is, is again, is a must read for not just anyone interested in British military history, but interested in broadly in, in Napoleonic history. And then uh, if you look at kind of from the French side, we have uh, quite a few kind of books on uh, English language books on, on, on the French army uh, and here, for example, Michael Hughes um, did a very interesting study on on the culture of the Grand Armée, uh, especially the kind of the, the 
the, the, the institution of masculinity, the relationship between the uh, individuals, and it's a fascinating study. But if you have linguistic skills and kind of to, to read the works in French, then um, among the best uh, books uh, on, on the subject uh, will be those by Pierre Branda, who, for example, wrote a fascinating collective biography of the Bonaparte family called the Bonapartes, this the great saga. Um, he also has written very interesting book on Napoleon and money. And that's one of those kind of on uh, not not well researched topics on the the financial economic uh, history of Napoleonic era. And Branda's book is one of the best we have in terms of treatment on what was the relationship between Napoleon and, and finances, Napoleon and economy. Um, another uh, really talented French historian is uh, Charles Eloy Vial. And he's kind of, he's, he's almost unknown in the English speaking world, but if, in, if, if in the Francophone historiography, his works uh, are up, up among the best. And he's written, especially in the last few years, extensively on on Napoleon's family, on Napoleon's empire. My, my, my favorite book by him is, is the recent publication called 15 August, 1811, the, the high mark or the high tide of the empire. It's in French, but I'm, I'm, I'm translating. More recently, uh, Vial uh, published uh, Napoleon's kind of biography uh, entitled Napoleon, the, the, Certainness of, uh, the Certainty and Ambition. And what I love about that book is, is that uh, Charles Louise is actually a senior librarian at the Bibliothèque Nationale, the, this remarkable institution in, in, in France. So he has access to uh, a whole slew kind of sources, especially print and visual sources that are not necessarily uh, well known. And that book does a very good job incorporating it. Um, what else? In, in Russian, for example, we have... Um, uh, uh, great work done by uh, a new generation of historians like uh, uh, Viktor Bezatosny, probably uh, the most uh, eminent of Russian historians today. He has a uh, kind of broad studies on the role Russian uh, Russia played in, in Napoleonic Wars. Um, uh, one of my favorites is Vladimir Zimtsov, and he produced uh, a, a remarkable study of, uh, of a uh, distinguished Russian diplomat, uh, Alexander Kurakin, who had been a, a, an ambassador of Russia to, to France. And what he did is kind of looked at this individual and crafted the wider story of Russian diplomacy during the Napoleonic role around him. Uh, there is a fascinating uh, work done by um, uh, Russian historian Iskul on relationship between Russia and German states and kind of the bigger importance um, of of that, uh, it's it's a talk I think called Russia and Germany, um, and of course you know you have um, uh, great work done in in by our German and Italian colleagues um, that you know unfortunately is not translated in 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 English, and so they kind of remain as far as English historiography is concerned on the, on the margins, but uh, are certainly deserving of of a better. Uh, of, of, of you know greater exposure and, and and knowledge that's that's absolutely fascinating thank you 
Um, I do actually before before we kind of I do want to I think kind of shout out yes please uh, and that is to uh, the incredible work that is done by uh, Andrew Bamford, uh, Rob Griffith, and and their colleagues at the Hellion Press, which is this relatively new pu uh, publishing house in in Great Britain. And I would encourage anyone to look at the offering they have uh, in in the series that deals with the 18th century and kind of early 19th century, kind of the age of reason. The the breadth of titles they produce is absolutely stunning. Uh, they, they, they release five, six, seven books every year that are <laughs> just, you know, I'm, I'm just salivating, just thinking of just looking at them. Uh, and it's a broad range of um, topics from uh, the British military history to French to uh, different continental powers and individual books are not that long so they're kind of concise um, and, and, and accessible studies but I think in terms of breaking new ground and, and bringing more exposure to topics the Hellion uh, Press does an amazing job. Well that's great that's good to know and I tell you, I've done, I did this uh, sit down with Charles and now I'm doing it with you and I can feel my to be read pile just growing and growing by the moment as I'm, <laughs> I'm listening to all your recommendations. I don't know how I'm going to find all the time in my life for all these wonderful books that you guys have been talking about. Oh, I feel the same about Hellion books. Every time I check their catalog, they have some something new that I need to get. I need, I need to get, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Um well, that's great, and uh, I I love that you've brought in some recommendations for uh, that that aren't not that don't appear in English. I mean, we we know that the the audience here is obviously mostly English speaking, but we do have a lot of listeners in the international community, and it'll be good to sort of highlight some of those those top those yeah, titles. So thank you, know, you. I always you know tell my students that history is like a kaleidoscope, the toy that we had as as, as, as children, and that the more sources or kind of different language sources we uh, consult the the more complex that image in the kaleidoscope appears and it, it allows us to look at the same historical events same historical individual from multiplicity of viewpoints and i think that's you know history when properly done that's is the core of it right to understand the complexity yeah that's that's great um I think you mentioned earlier several different biographies, uh, direct biographies of Napoleon. Which which would you say that uh, is your preferred? Like, if you were going to pick one one biography, oh boy, uh, that's the big. Uh, I think Charles and I we always discuss uh, uh, kind of bickering. I wouldn't say bickering, but certainly uh, 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 discussing kind of which one is the best one. And uh, and I know Charles has a very strong opinion that there is no. <laughs> No such thing as the best treatment of, of, of Napoleon's biography. Um, my preference uh, is a combination, actually, of... of uh, uh, I, so again, I don't have one particular one because I kind of like elements of several books. Some are old. Uh, for example, I actually really enjoy rereading, and I oftentimes do so for, for the enjoyment of prose, um, Hal Fisher, it's the H-A-L, not the name, it's an abbreviation of his <laughs> several names, uh, Hal uh, uh, Fisher's Napoleon, and uh, alongside Felix Markham's uh, Napoleon. These are old books, so about century old, but they are short, concise, and very, very good, uh, and, uh, uh, very well written. 
especially Fisher's kind of turn of phrase and, and certainly Markham's is, is very good. Um, for more recent treatments, um, I actually uh, really enjoyed reading Brewer's uh, three volumes. Um, I've read them. I just finished actually the third volume just recently uh, alongside with Philip Dwyer's trilogy, right? Um, but of course, that might not be something that most people would like to spend, right? Three massive and kind of substantive uh, books on, on a single individual. So if we go with a single biography, um, I think, and here Charles will, you know, you can hear the Charles's moans. <laughs> uh, I, I would actually still go with Andrew Roberts's uh, biography, knowing full well, right, and bearing in mind that I think he treats Napoleon with with uh, with velvet gloves, when when a, a, a more critical approach might might have been might might have been needed. Um, but again, that's that's I think the same can be said about any any historical figure, right? That um, there are so many angles that need to be covered that it's it's always a challenge to do so. But um, a combination of books always allows you to get a better sense of personal biases of historian and the kind of complexities of the historical figure itself. Yeah, that's great. Um, Dwyer's uh, set was was part of Charles's recommendations as well. He had, he had uh, included that in in our discussions. So again, yeah. it's 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 always interesting to see the overlap, particularly knowing yeah. you know the differences of opinion that you guys sometimes have on mm -hmm. the podcast. Which honestly is is one of the great things about the podcast is you do bring such yeah. different different opinions. Well, let subject. me, as a, as a follow-up, so as, as a teacher, right, we're both uh, in teaching profession, I think um, I I struggle oftentimes finding kind of the tech, you know, find, uh, figuring out what works as a, best as a textbook for my students. So Roberts's book, for example, is not necessarily a good textbook. It's it's huge. It's, it's, it requires time commitment. So I cannot assign it alongside with other multiple books that students uh, would, would be expected to read. So I usually use um, uh, one of the Markhams, as I would call it, uh, either Felix Markham's older book that I mentioned or David Markham's newer book, uh, which is, again, one of the books that is, I think cuts Napoleon a lot of slack, right? So it's a, uh, it's a book that needs to be kind of used within the wider discussion of what are the problems with Napoleon as a historical figure. Uh, but those are the kind of considerations I I have is when whenever I look at the book is whether that will be accessible to for my students, and there are good kind of broad accessible biographies besides the ones that we discussed uh, that 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 are also easy to read. Excellent. Um, one of the fun questions I had uh, is that uh, your favorite work of Napoleonic era uh, historical fiction. I as I said in when I talked to Charles. From, I came into the period originally uh, listening to the audiobooks of Patrick O'Brien, you know, when I first got interested in the period, because naval history has always fascinated me uh, as a 20th centuryist that tended to be, you know, Jutland and Midway and, and uh, you know, those sorts of things in the First and Second World War. So I was like, you know, I've, I've heard great things about these books. I'll give them a try. And I, I absolutely loved Patrick O'Brien. Uh, Charles is a little cooler on on naval fiction than I am, uh, <laughs> but I'm curious, you know, if and you know we're both in professions where we do a lot of reading for work, so I don't know how much time you have for uh, 
reading beyond the scope of uh, what you do for work, but do you have a, a favorite work of Napoleonic fiction? Oh, yes, I do. Um, and so here uh, I'll, I'll kind of give you um, two sides. So first of all, I I was unaware of Bernard Cornwell's Sharp series until I came to the United States. So that was essentially, I was too, <laughs> it was too late to get into it maybe because when I came over, I was uh, writing dissertation and then after dissertation, you know, uh, the books. And so I've never really got into the uh, Sharp series as books, but I watched the series as, as, a, as a TV series and I, I enjoyed it. But I would not say that it's my favorite. I did read O'Brien, parts of O'Brien's series. And again, um, like Charles, I think um, I, I find it fascinating, but but not my favorite. For me, the two kind of books that I encourage my 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 boys, my my children to read is now first is Brigadier Girard, right? That's Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, brilliant uh, study. It's a series of short stories, but together collectively they kind of create uh, a, 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 an idea of, uh, or oh, actually the, the story of a uh, of a of a French hussar Etienne Girard, uh, who kind of follows Napoleon on these travails across Europe. There's Seventeen short stories, one novel, and I love it because we know that it is based on on a great memoir, probably the greatest memoir to come out of Napoleonic era, Marceline Marbeau's memoirs, with all the embellishments, with all the exaggerations, bravado, and and all the fun things. But I love Brigadier Girard. Uh, but I also like um, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. This is a, a more recent book, right? It's by Susanna Clark uh, in 2004. It's a large novel, but I love the combination of uh, kind of this fantasy and, and history. And for those who are not uh, familiar uh, with, uh, with, this, with this story, uh, the novel actually starts in 1806, kind of the the, the height of the Napoleonic uh, threat. And the fascinating thing is that in, in Britain, you have the learned society of York magicians who can use magic to protect Britain. And it is brilliant. Uh, uh, I, I loved it. I, I really enjoyed that part, that side of it. I know it might not be a particularly the, the cup of tea for most people, but I love the combination of history and, and fantasy. Have you ever uh, read Naomi Novik's books, uh, His Majesty's Dragon? No, I have not. I actually let me write it down. Uh, his, uh, his dragon. It's it it is uh, a reimagining of the Napoleonic Wars uh, with dragons. I think that Norrell has that element, right? Because they can summon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That's a great one. Uh, spell the last name. Novik is uh, N O V A K. V I K. Yeah. Novik. Right, Naomi Novik. Uh huh. I, I read them um, and it's uh, because it was recommended to me because uh, it starts, the main character starts his career as a, as a naval captain and, and ends up getting a dragon through an accident very early on in the first book. And has well, to let me of... ask you, do the French have dragons too? Yes. All right. <laughs> everybody has dragons, a dragon for everybody. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole sequence of events uh, regarding uh you know, there's there's American dragons and, and Africa. It's actually covers a lot of ground. The whole series covers a lot of ground and visits Australia and Far East and all I kinds like of different I'm places. Look it up. 
we've covered a lot of ground and uh, you've talked about some biographies and you talked about some overall views. Um, what's your desert island book? If you're going to go to a desert island, your desert island Napoleonic book that you're going to take with you. Oh, that's a hard one. Um, yeah, that's a hard to reduce it. So it has to be one single volume. Can I have a series? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll we'll let you we'll let you have like a a series. Sure, I'm I'm just curious. I'll oh let you man, a series. Um, uh, that's a that's a hard one. So um, I I can say, I think it will be one of the older books. For some reason, I'm I don't know maybe as a as a his as I mature as a historian, as I grow as a scholar, I'm increasingly kind of drawn by the, um, the late 19th, early 20th century writers. Um, and and I'm, especially I really have been rereading the Cambridge history, the Cambridge history of modern Europe and the individual volumes that cover Napoleonic Wars are actually very well written. And you can of course take issue with the kind of historiography and interpretation that some, some of it is a little bit dated. But overall, I think in terms of readability, I actually enjoy the the, the older books um, uh, more. They have this kind of combination where they give you a wider context, bigger picture, while also offering a, a drill down. So I, I would actually probably get one of the Cambridge volumes if if I am on a desert island. But part of me also kind of uh, pines for uh, for a different kind of choice because there are so many newer books that are really, really interesting. Uh, Evan Wilson, for example, um, just uh, uh, published um, a really interesting book on Napoleonic veterans. Um, and that, I think, is the subject that needs to be um, kind of explored more uh, because um, oftentimes we have this vision of Napoleonic Wars having ended at, at you know in June of 1815, but what happened to those thousands of veterans, right? Tens of thousands who survived um, uh, the war and and came back to see problems back at home. And and his his book, it's it's new book, uh, uh, titled Horrible Peace, actually explores the post-Napoleonic fate of, 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 of these individuals. I'm also kind of tempted to mention uh, Luke Reynolds's uh, really interesting study on the cultural history of the Battle of Waterloo, because that is also kind of uh, uh, un underscoring a fresh approach to what could be perceived to be as a, a, a traditional topic, right? It's a battle study, but the study uh, of how the battle was remembered in, in cultural memory, historical memory of society. And uh, so there are, I think, a lot of newer studies that uh, are fresh, that are exciting, um, that certainly deserve to be on, on, on the shelf uh, of people interested in this period. All right, well, thank you. Uh, That's great. I have, one, I have one more that I just thought of, and that is... Uh, you may know, you know, you've got your finger on the pulse. I know you do some editing for some different journals. You may have your pulse on things that are coming out. Is there is there a book that's not out yet that you're really looking forward to that you really think, oh, I can't wait for that one to come out. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Uh, well, actually, interestingly, I have uh, so the manuscripts that I reviewed uh, 
uh, all have already come out this fall. Uh, so, and and I, you know, the one of the manuscripts I reviewed, which is quite interesting, is uh, uh, by uh, William Doyle, this eminent, uh, of course, historian uh, who's written extensively on the French Revolution. But his uh, latest book is um, on Napoleon. It says uh, Napoleon at Peace, How to End the Revolution. And it is a very interesting study of the first few years of Napoleon's uh, reign. Uh, so right consulate kind of period. Uh, and then it's done by a master historian who kind of can, can rely on decades of knowledge and experience to offer you that synthesis that, that makes history fun and accessible to read. So that was, I think, among the latest books that I reviewed that already came out. Uh, there are um, other books that I reviewed but have not necessarily yet come out. So I'm not, I'm not sure can 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 say about those. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll need to think about some 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 titles. I think. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you. You've got I've got you know whole pages of lists here to write down and type up. Because uh, just like for uh, Charles's episode, we are going to provide links uh, to a lot of these so that you can find them and uh, perhaps uh, get them for your own shelves that you're hiding from your wives and husbands, as the case may be, um, and add to your own to-be-read pile. Alex, thank you so much uh, for being with me today. I appreciate it so very much. Um, we want to encourage you to uh, continue listening to the podcast, and uh, I hope uh, that this has been a really uh, exciting and uh, interesting and informative piece, uh, series, mini-series that I've done with uh, Charles and Alex here. Uh, Alex, do you have anything to say before I wrap it up? No, uh, thank you so much for having me. This is a, a, a great mini-series, as you said, and uh, to the uh, listeners, go grab a book, uh, support your favorite authors, and enjoy history.